Welcome back to Enjoy the Book of Life. Both Christian and I have started to get more into uh, Christian biographies, church history, that sort of thing. And so we wanted to do an episode on how that has impacted our own Bible study. So Christian, uh, when have you when have you started to really get into reading missionary biographies, church history, that sort of thing? I wouldn't say I'm an avid reader of biographies, but it's uh, something that piqued my, atten- uh, my attention. Um, you know, you would hear someone maybe at a meeting or um, another believer is talking about a biography and, you know, an exemplary uh person and then you would think okay maybe i ought to give it a look and see what they have what it has to offer um you know people like um uh george Mueller, you know the chapman or other people who really exemplified faith and um uh you know some good christian qualities so i thought i i, I would really you know take a look into it and I found it really useful uh, now, as far as my life, uh, Christian life is concerned. Now, for me, I actually avoided it. I, I kind of dabbled a little bit into it when I was younger. And I, for some reason or other, it just wasn't enjoyable for me. I try, you know, it's, I, I would say, okay, let me tr- try to sit down and read this book. And I just didn't find it very interesting until I'd say about a year ago, a year or so ago, I started reading some more uh, biographies. And again, it was kind of what you were saying. Certain people would mention this person or that person. Oh, I should, I should read about that. So I I started to, and I started to listen to one or two podcasts that also talk about church history, missionaries, martyrs, that sort of thing. And it's really blown me away. And it's, it's become a huge interest to me. And I found it connect to all other sorts of areas. So like normal world history, right? I want to learn more about, okay, so this missionary is going through this at this giant war, or this is how they're interacting with that or with geography, right? Learning these countries and how it used to be this country when this missionary was there, but then it changed. And so it's got me actually looking at a lot more disciplines because it, it's so interesting to me now. And then, um, well, let's jump into mm-hmm. our topic before, before I get too far afield here. Um, when it comes to my Bible study or the way I study the Bible, what, one of the first things I thought about was uh, a quote by C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis I was reading through a transcript of a Q&A he was giving, and someone asked him, would you prefer to read new books or old books? And he said, well, honestly, I'd prefer to read future books because every generation corrects the errors of the previous generation." And so he said, I'd love it if I could read future books, because then I would know areas where I was in error. He says, but since I can't, I would want to read past books. And his point is that when I live in this time, in this culture, 
et cetera, we tend to get these blinders on. And if I can read books from the past, then that will allow me to take those off for a little bit, to see the emphasis that different generations had on different doctrines, on different teachings, that sort of thing. So getting to see a different focus at different times. And this is something as I've been reading and listening to these different podcasts, uh, they'll have topics that really are neglected today. So things like God's wrath. You do, we don't hear a lot of preaching on God's wrath. Well, this was a huge thing in church history. A lot of revivals tied in with it was the teaching of God's wrath. And so that's very interesting to me as well. It, it you know, kind of seeing it as an opportunity to take those blinders off. Exactly. And uh, I think, as you mentioned, it also gives helps us to put things into perspective uh, and not just be uh, only focused on just the era we're living in or just dismiss the their, these biographies as, okay, th those are the books of the past and those are the times of the past. They're not going to be, you know, we're not going to have another great war, you know, such something yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to live through that again. Uh, we have technology. We, we are more advanced. But it, it, it helps us... Um, be humble and uh, look at uh, look at how these people, um, these great saints, lived, and how they took in the circumstances they're going through, the times they they were living through, and the missions that they had at their hands, and then helps us question ourselves. Okay, how do we respond then? to our current times. Yeah, I, I like that point about it keeps us humble. Uh, when in my youth, my chief sin, you know, it's still something to struggle with. It was pride, right? I, I reached a point, I was just in my teens, just to show you how ridiculous that was, where I started to feel fairly confident in my Bible knowledge, right? I was a big fish in a little pond, is like, you know, I, I know my way around. And uh, one of the things the Lord used to humble me was people sharing difficult circumstances. And I've seen this in these stories as well, where here's a missionary and they're in this region or someone in church history, right? And they're put in these horribly difficult situations. And to say, okay, so what's the biblical answer for this, right? What does the Bible say about this? Because I believe the Bible has the answer for everything. And so to see these horribly difficult situations humbles us and creates a dependence for us on the word of God and on his spirit to teach us these things, to say, I don't have the answer and to ask God for wisdom, which he gives liberally, right? To all those who ask, it's a promise. And so- Absolutely. Yeah, that, so that was a big humbling experience where it's like, oh, I know what the Bible says. And then it's like, oh, here's this situation. And it's like, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know what the Bible says I should do in that situation. And that's, that humbling 
should bring us back to Bible study and, and to learning what the Spirit has for us. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, one of the small books I, had, uh, I got a chance to, to read partially was uh, George Mueller's, and there, there are several books written about him and his ministry. And, but one of the things that I noticed in his life was uh, his dependence, like absolute dependence on the Lord's provision and on the Lord's guida guidance. And it's, uh, it's, it's really, I, I was going to say it's supernatural, but and that, that's, that's what it should be. Yeah. It's really uh, mind-blowing to put it, I guess, into my, in these words. Yeah. Um, it's very, um, uh, very, um, it, it just, it gives us uh, humbles us. It really shows us a great example of uh, uh, a man who really be believed the truth of, of Scripture. Yeah, and it it shows us really when we we're studying the the Scripture, it should not be just an you know a, a knowledge of theology and all these uh, just just to grow in knowledge but also up, apply it to our daily life. And that's right. something I really have been noticing. I've noticed and as, I, as I read that, that book, uh, the applicability of scripture in our life and that God really means what he means. Yeah, yeah. And, and getting to see that in people, right? So like you're, you're reading about George Mueller and it's like, oh, that's what that Bible verse looks like in 3D right and so this is what hebrew says right whose faith follow right mm -hmm. these people who are before you these spiritual leaders it's like don't i mean do they have faults well of course they have faults right but we follow their faith right at the end of their conversation right which is jesus christ so whenever i look at these characters characters these are real people right and that's impactful but in and of itself to know that these people really lived and really struggled but to to look at them and to say oh i see jesus there right and that, that's what we we're saying that there's the bible verse the word of god in them i can follow that and it being 3d kind of gives us in a sight as it were so jesus is the the aim the target but we're given these little 3D illustrations through actual believers we know and read about. And they're like our little sites that help us point closer to Christ. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that absolute dependence on scripture and um, also realizing that these men and women, they didn't really... Um, they, they were pointing us to, hey, let, let's not just trust, you know, this is not about us. There is a, a bigger father who is the provider, who's, who's, this is his ministry. It is not about R.C. Chapman. It is not about uh, the little lady who was sent, you know, uh, to Asia, who went to Asia, you know, and did serve the Lord in an amazing way. It's not about George Miller. It's about one person is the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's about His kingdom, and um, I think that humbles us 
as as far as today because there's one thing um that maybe you know happens throughout the uh, history that it seems like the is the church evolving into something else where we can say no those men and women they built they they had nothing they didn't have as much funds or as much uh, support that that we have now thereby they had to rely on the lord more and we don't have to rely on, rely on the lord hmm. even more because we have this much capital because we live in a world that's modern no it shouldn't be that way because just as george Mueller started orphanages uh with nothing uh, it shouldn't mean that we cannot the Lord can't use the few, you know, yeah. today, or he can do big things out of nothing. Yeah. You know, we should always go to the Lord for min for for ministry guidance, for uh it's his work. That my point, that's what I, meant, I want to make is it's his work, not ours. Yeah. Yeah. And getting to see that, um, I think is and I, I like how you compared really the mindset of today and and of you know the first world nations right we do things differently and better right and it's like wow uh this idea of dependence on god is what the lord jesus had right he says i don't do anything of myself i'm I'm only here to do the will of the Father. And he was so closely in tune with that. And I, I think that, again, is a great 3D illustration that we got to see mm -hmm. more then. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you tell someone, okay, you know, they're hearing about all these people, you know, the, uh, these great saints, you know, books are written about them. Uh, tales are, are told about them and how would you tell a young a believer who's really maybe a young believer in their faith or even an, a seasoned believer if i may use that word and how would you tell them that you know scripture is you know is um means what it says you know is applicable you know and how would you help them take it seriously and actually take uh god's at his word god at his word you know right yeah i, I think well first of all you can say seasoned christians because we're all supposed to be salt in this world so um but <laughs> <laughs> good one but uh so i think especially with young believers if they can see church history as an extension of their own family. I think that's key to see not only um, the people who are living right now around the globe that are Christians, right? That we share a common life with one another, but also across time that I share a common life. It's not that they're, like they're dead, right? Though we die, yet shall we live, and if you live and believe, you will never die, right? So all these believers are still in Christ, and we all share this common life in Christ. And 
uh, you see this beautiful picture in Hebrews 11 at the tail end. So it goes through all these heroes of the faith. And at the end, it says, but they're not, it's not completed yet. Right? It's like, what does that mean that it, it's not complete? Well, the idea is it's so we, we get into cross the chapter boundary into chapter 12. And it says, oh, well, you're running the race, right? This race we're running is a relay race, right? So th the story of faith isn't over. It got handed down and handed down. And this is what Paul says to Timothy. I taught you these things and make sure you teach it to people who will teach other people, right? And so as I read through these stories and and listen uh these church history podcasts it's like they're handing me a baton right it, it's the continuation of the race and it's invigorating it's inspiring it's exciting uh that and uh, like we've been talking about equipping to see what has happened in their life and how they followed christ and that how that equips me so i can follow christ as well this is what Paul says, right? Follow me as I follow Christ. And so, especially for new believers, but I found this true in myself when I started reading and getting into this more, is I felt a connection with these Christians from all around the world, all through time, and how we're sharing in a common goal, in a, a common life and that's exciting it's it is it it stirs us up um does that answer uh yes it, it does it does even better because uh it, it is also you know it it reminded it reminded me that hey these works are not of the past <laughs> you know yeah these works are not, these great works in and they're not of the they're not of the past they're still even today there is still great works that that are being done that maybe we will never hear on the radio or an internet or in, you know yeah in, in on the in the media but someday we will get to hear and we'll get to see the fruit of it you know at, at the end of everything um, that'll be an exciting day won't it indeed yeah i can't wait <laughs> story time yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah, heaven yeah yes well, exciting stories for sure yeah, I, I think another thing when we're talking about church history and how it interact interacts with our Bible study, um, heresies pop up all through church history, uh, issues that missionaries and martyrs had to deal with. Mm -hmm. And it a lot of times those heresies, they'll get repackaged by the enemy and will get presented in modern day. And so it's very insightful to see, okay, this is what they said. This was the teaching. And then this is how the Christians handled it, right? Sometimes they handle it by overreacting, right? Where here's the issue and it's too far this way. And so the Christians go too far that way, right? And uh, when I was talking with my wife and I said, I presented this topic with that you and I were, we were going to talk about this topic. I said, how do you think church history 
should impact our Bible study? And she said, well, I guess it should teach us that if we think other people are wrong, we shouldn't go out and kill a whole bunch of them. And that's that's a lot of, you know, where you have these teachings and people react certain ways and we should learn from that, right? We should learn from those mistakes. And again, like Lewis was saying, the next generation should correct those, right? And so we should read and find those connections. Um, I, I think that that sort of thing is, is very helpful because again, it's not in displaced theology, right? But it's applied theology in these people's lives. Yeah, I'm glad you brought her heresy. And, um, you know, it's also good to see that, you know, some of these saints were like evangelists, like preachers. And um, it's good that some of the, their, uh, not just writings, but that what they preached, like sermons were transcribed, and we can go back and read how they dealt with these big issues, and some of them paid with their lives, um, and uh, it's, a, it's good to, it's a, it's a big encouragement to see that, you know, these men were willing to stand, these men and women, they were really willing to stand up for the truth, and for what, what they believe is, is truth and the whole world needed to know. And they're willing to pay a, such a great cost of that. And it should be a really big encouragement to all of us. And I know it's not an easy thing to go through, um, but it's a big encouragement to know, okay, to pause and think about what, what, what was it that made them, made them choose death over uh, over this is it how i is it how i believe in the in scriptures uh is that where i'm willing i would be willing to go and while it's not something easy to <laughs> you want to think about it, it, you know uh every morning but it's something that really make should make us pause and really think about the extent of our faith in scripture in the lord and I think it's helpful in our dying daily, right? So some people die for the Lord all at once, and some people die for the Lord a day at a time, right? So whether you live a long life, and each day you say, I'm willing to die for the Lord, right? Your will, not mine. And you end up with, you know, whether by life or by death. And, and in both situations, it's for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now both of us are coming a little late to the party. I, I know a lot of folks who know a lot about church history. We do not profess to be uh, church historians or to know all these, all about all these missionaries. But you've mentioned a few Christian uh, with George Mueller, um, Gladys Aylward, um, uh, Chapman, uh, R.C. Chapman. Are there others that you've gotten to sample uh, over the last little while as you've uh, started to get into um, this field? I have not. Um, although I had heard a sermon uh, on, um, what was the, 
my memory uh, is failing me here, but the the missionary who went to China um, and he did a great work over there. Hudson uh, Taylor. His? Yes, Taylor. Yes. Yes. And yeah, what a sermon I listened a while ago mentioned how he was. Uh, there was a time he was really uh, discouraged at, uh, at the uh, the end of his. He felt that nothing was going on, you know, poverty, um, war, uh, conflicts and cultural conflicts and all, all that. But um, uh, and how he really overcame that via another missionary uh, who was, I believe, in, uh, in, the, uh, in the West. So other than that, I haven't really delved much into other missionaries and other missionaries or uh, biographies, yeah. Yeah, so for me, I started with Frederick Bedecker and he was in, he was a German who was living in England and he was a friend of George Mueller's who was in the same situation, right? He was a German living in England. And eventually, through another fellow who's quite interesting, Lord Radstock, he started and he started to go into Russia in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Well, this is like, and this is really, I think, the reason I really got interested in him was it's right at the Bolshevik Revolution, right? It's just like Russia's about to be overthrown. And here he is amongst all the wealthiest people like the empresses and you know the, the all these really rich folks up in russia well then he hears about all the prisons through russia and he through one of the princesses is introduced to the guy who's in charge of all the prisons in all of russia and this guy grants him access to all prisons. Like he can, a free pass, can walk into any cell and give anyone a Bible and the gospel, right? And so this is what he does all across Russia, like from one end to the other. He's an older man as well. And the guy, I mean, he is traveling in like early 1900s across Siberia into the, like some of the worst prisons in the world. And when you read his correspondence, these letters he was writing, like the guy couldn't have been happier. Like joy was forever in his heart. And I think one of the things I learned reading this was seeing his example in ministry. There are so many ministries in this world, ways to serve the Lord that I think it's a shame for us to feel like, well, I have to do this. I feel obligated to do this. Here's a guy and the Lord leads him into the prisons in Russia. And you could tell this is like his heart's desire, right? And so that's something that since then, this is something I've been praying really about. Lord, lead me where I should be, right? And, and instead of me saying, well, I really should be doing this and I really should be doing this. But instead, uh, I saw that example there. Um, I've been listening to a podcast called The Faith. This is um, with John Biorley. I can put a link in the description. Um, but uh, I actually, I talked to John Biorley. He, um, 
I did some episodes with him. So those will be future. So all our listeners can look forward to that. But uh, in listening to the podcast, The Faith, one of the things that really has struck me was how connected we all are to each other. Because he's talking, he'll be talking about one person as, you know, for his episode. Well, that person mentored this person who led this person to the Lord, who started a great work in this area, right? And he can trace in these episodes all these little connections. And again, we don't know half of it, right? And that's one of those we're excited for story time in heaven, you know, to see how connected we really are and how motivating that is. Who am I connected to? Who can I be equipping and encouraging in their work? And so I think that's a, that, that's a huge lesson I've been learning. Uh, I read a biography about Brother Andrew, um, and he smuggled Bibles all into so- Soviet era, uh, the Eastern Bloc. And as he was smuggling Bibles in, he, didn't, he did do some preaching, when he was there, when, when the church allowed him to, but very often when he was allowed to preach, they knew there were spies for the government in the audience. And he said one of the major things he did was just tell them that the saints in the Netherlands prayed for them and cared for them, and that he was there representing a whole slew of Christians, and how that ministry of encouraging them he said that was one of the biggest things, as well as giving them the Bibles, right? And, and so just that idea of, of the being, we're connected with believers all over the world and encouraging other believers. We think of um, what's going on in the Ukraine right now and, and in Russia, and like we're connected to those believers. Again, we share that common life. And he took that seriously. Uh, in spreading the word of God. And um, so I think those were some of, over the last year, those two biographies I read, um, and then I've been listening to uh, The Faith, and then I also listened to a podcast called Martyrs and Missionaries. Mm. And there they go through and they'll kind of highlight a martyr or a missionary. I can put the link in the description there as well. And with each of these, I really get more drawn in um, with with it uh, for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think it also gives you an appreciation of uh, uh, those who are like in the, I would call it maybe missionary field, maybe, um, uh, I don't want to use the word full-time, but, it, but I think you're not, you understand what I mean, because I think we were all, should be missionaries full-time yep. in what we're doing but those who have devoted their lives devoted their lives to uh reaching out to others other others whether it's uh, uh inland or outside domestically or internationally um it, it gives you an appreciation and uh it also uh gives us the desire to be part of that their ministry um, whether it's in prayer, whether it's supporting in one way or the other, and uh, fellowshipping, you know, with their labor, and it, it it 
draws you, it gives you that appreciation and draws you to want to work with them. Yeah, and I think listening to the way missionaries think and then applying it to ourselves, right? Because again, we think, oh, the mission is, you know, over there. That's where the mission field is. Instead of, you know, where am I? And this is the mission field, my, the place I work or my neighborhood, my actual neighbors, right? That's the mission field. And so how do they view things when they go into a new region? How can I apply that in my own missionary work? So I, I think that's a, a great little lesson as well. Yes, I'm oh. glad that you mentioned that, how you want you, you want the Lord to send you or to help you do what uh, to help you do what He wants you to do. That's a very good prayer to, to ask. Uh, to pray, what do you want me to do? And and he was, he's gonna lead. Yeah. He's gonna lead you to to where he has you. Yeah, I mean, it says the spirit gives the gift and the Lord gives us our ministry and God gives the increase. And so you see that in all these missionaries, right? Where you'll, you'll see, okay, these two people might have the same gift, but different ministries. These two people might have the same two gifts and the same ministries, but different outcomes, right? Different increases, so, so to speak. And so getting to see all these different examples at the end of it all, it's God, right? It's like, and this is the point you were bringing. It's God's work. He's the one who gifts us. He's the one who gives us the ministries. And so if we can stir up the gift that's within us, if we can follow his leading into ministry and then trust his increase, uh, a lot of times we panic. You know, and it's like, I have to get results. And he's like, I will build my church, right? That's, that's his department. We're, but we labor in the field with him. Thanks again for joining us on Enjoy the Book of Life. We hope that this was helpful and motivating, uh, that you will look into church history, and that it will have the same effect on you as it has on Christian and I as we continue to dig into church history, martyrs, and missionaries. Thank you.